Hi there, everyone. I am Breckfish, and welcome to another episode of Out of the Fishbowl, Season 2, coming to you from Cape Town, South Africa. Today's quote comes from someone called Tara J. Frank, and she says, Stop confusing what you do with who you are. Stop confusing what you do with who you are. And that feels particularly relevant to this week's episode as we reflect on what I like to call lying questions. You know, like when I bump into you in the street and I haven't seen you for about five years and I boldly ask you, how are you? And you equally boldly declare, I am fine. Fine? Nobody, no one is ever fine. It's, it's not even a thing, ever. No one is fine. And we are going to explore that a little more deeply in an episode that I like to call Episode 2, Who's Fine Is It Anyway? So let's start right there with this idea of the how are you, I'm fine exchange, which, if we're honest, is just generally a whole lot of male cow defecation product, right? On a number of levels. Firstly, it's an awkward space filler. This wasn't a planned encounter. If I was truly interested, I would have been in contact. We haven't seen each other for a number of years. If I cared about you specifically and wanted you in my life, we would have, we would have been in contact. And in the absence of anything meaningful to say in this randomly generated encounter, it is the learned behavior, the tradition, the go-to. It's not a genuine curiosity or interest. It's not something that I really care about. It's, it's just filling that space. And then secondly, it's a disingenuous response. And so on the continuum of everything in life completely sucking to absolutely everything is unbelievably incredible, the marker very seldom settles in the middle. We tend to fall most of the time either side of the middle spot of fine and, and usually quite dramatically so. And so to me, fine is either I don't care enough about you to tell you or it's I don't believe you care enough about me for me to tell you. And the way that I proved this little hypothesis beyond the shadow of a doubt, and I totally invite you to do the same by trying this little experiment, is that I started answering the how are you question honestly. And it freaked people out. Firstly, because it interrupted the social norm. When we bump into each other, you say, how are you? And I say, I'm fine. And then we smile and we go on our way. That's how it works. And you broke it. And then once we get past the confusion of the interrupted social norm, wait, something is different here. And maybe once the words have taken a few seconds to settle in, and especially true when things are less than fine, and I've told you so. Then things get super awkward and extremely uncomfortable really quickly. And I don't know what to do because this is not what I signed up for. I initiated what should have been a completely simple, robotic, premeditated exchange. How are you? I'm fine. And you made it human. Okay, so now active listening is called for and empathy possibly some form of care or compassion. And now I'm being forced to do the follow-up work of coming up with my own absolutely improvised question or statement. 
And I think if I'm completely honest, I started taking way too much satisfaction from how completely panicked and shell-shocked people would become the moment that I responded to an innocent, how are you, with an answer like, sure, not so good, hey, I'm struggling to find work at the moment, and my dad was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's. Uh, uh, um, I, um, I, um, uh, fine? Now, I know that we're living in pandemic times at the moment, and so maybe these encounters don't happen quite so often as they used to, but they will sometime again, and when they do, I want to encourage you to take the risk of telling the person exactly how you're doing and and reflect on how that goes so i call these lying questions i don't really care how you're doing if i haven't connected with you for a couple of years and you are not really doing fine but the hope in those interactions is to get through them as quickly and painlessly as possible and maybe it's as easy a question to tweak and fix by by simply changing it to something like this hey there have not seen you for the longest time how is this week treating you? Or how are you doing today? Because maybe that's an easier context to build up some empathy for. I might not be kind of interested in your longer, bigger picture life story because I haven't stayed in touch. But, but in this moment, I can, I can show interest about this week. How's this week doing? How are, you, how are you doing today? I wonder how else we could change these mostly meaningless interactions. We're not talking about making full-scale friendships with people that you haven't stayed in contact with. But, but when those things happen, can, can we make them a little bit more meaningful and significant? Now, a second line question that I used to encounter a lot, mostly at weddings or dinner parties where I didn't know everyone, and I think I might have touched on this in season one, is the old classic, what do you do? Which... To be honest, feels like the how are you fine of dinner parties and weddings. In a space where you're likely trapped for a little bit longer than a quick how are you fine encounter. And so need a slightly longer awkward space filler. Because, once again, can I let you in on a little secret here? I don't care what you do. And, and half the time... I might not even listen to your answer. And that's awful. That's terrible. But it's like there's this thing that you have to do. You ask how you do and then kind of switch off before even hearing what the person has to say because you know you don't really care. You're not really interested in it. I'm literally just trying to plug a potentially awkward gap. And I mean, occasionally you might strike gold and come face to face with someone who is actively saving the Amazon rainforests or someone who performs surgery on people's brains from across the world using an elaborate computer mirroring system. But more often than not, the answer, if you even listen to it, is not going to excite you all that much because you more than likely don't care and that's okay. And maybe you're listening to this and you actually do care what people do. And that means this little part of the conversation may not feel overly relevant to you. And that's okay too. I know that this was relevant for me because I used to hate those interactions. And, and so it's likely going to be relevant for others too. But either way, keep listening because this next bit will likely be relevant and interesting for you either way. And I can't remember how I discovered this alternative question but I likely stole or borrowed it from someone because this is way too clever for me to have come up with myself. But those random, uncomfortable, awkward interactions were revolutionized for me 
the moment I changed my question from what do you do to what are you passionate about? Now, just like redirecting the how you find into action, this one may initially cause the slightest bit of panic or awkward or uncomfortable because there's a social norm, which is asking, what do you do? But give it a moment and, and let it land and start to sink in. Because I found often when, when I ask somebody, what are you passionate about? They go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not passionate about anything. And so at times it might require a follow-up question or two when somebody says something like that or they get a little bit flustered. And so maybe a question like, what do you really enjoy doing? Or what is it that gives you life? What is it that you do that really makes you come alive? Might be helpful as well as giving them some time to think. And as I said, for me, this this absolutely revolutionized so many spaces that I was dreading being in. Because when you go to a wedding and you end up sitting at the singles table, which I did a lot when I was younger, that isn't a place and a group of people that you've chosen to be with. You, you are choosing to be at the wedding because you're wanting to celebrate your friend. But in that little social interaction that you've been forced into, it's often an uncomfortable and awkward space, especially if you're not great at social interactions. And, and that was the place actually where I started experimenting with this. What are you passionate about? And I was blown away with the kinds of conversations that emanated from there. And I guess in some ways, I replaced function, what do you do, with purpose or value or passion and identity. Who are you? Tell me what makes you come alive. What are you passionate about? What is the essence of you? And I quickly discovered that if you can get people talking about the thing or things that they're passionate about, then more often than not, you can get to see them come alive. And it's almost always interesting and fascinating to listen to, even if it's something that you have no personal interest in. If somebody is passionately talking about something they care about, often just their passion and emotion and excitement that somebody's asked them about that thing is enough to make it interesting to you in that moment. And so if we, if we were to take it a step further, what is my answer to that question? You're sitting next to me at the wedding, you turn to me, what are you passionate about, Brett? I would likely say that I'm passionate about seeing people live and I mean really live, not exist, not survive, not get by, live and thrive in life. And, and that is one of the reasons why I do this podcast. It's why I have a blog at brettfish.co.za. It's why I spend a lot of time on the Twitterer and used to be on Facebook interacting with people in, in so many different ways because I love to see people come alive. I love to see people get encouraged and inspired and, and moved and motivated and passionate to, to really find spaces that, that they're going to thrive in. And in the church or Jesus space that I often find myself in, I'm passionate about seeing people live out the things they say they believe, starting with me. And, and church has unfortunately been a place where so many people have not done that. There's this huge giant disconnect that often exists between the stuff we say as, as followers of Jesus and the stuff we do. And so often you can look at people and go, well, Jesus said, love your enemies as yourself. But, but you are living in such a way that is making people feel excluded and marginalized and pushed to the side. And, and Jesus said, look after those who are hungry, feed them. Look after those who are thirsty, give them something to drink, go and visit those who are in prison. And yet there's a church in Cape Town who actively told their members not to go and visit somebody who was in prison. And, and you have to look at these things and the disconnect 
between who people say they are and and who they actually are and, and i think this is something we all have at different times but i'm passionate in those spaces about seeing people live out the things that they say they believe i'm passionate about justice for all especially those who've been marginalized and pushed to the sides and i'm also passionate about strategic board games and so the kind of games where you have to use strategy and where you can't come into the game with an idea of how it's going to go because the way the game is set up or the cards you dealt or the people you're playing with affect the game in such a way that each new game is figuring it out differently and i'm very competitive and i love the challenge and it's this idea of beating the game or or beating the person or outthinking them and so i'm very passionate about those spaces and and sometimes in a negative way which I'm, I'm working on. But those are things that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about hating raisins. And I know in more recent times, things like the pineapple on pizza have, have got center stage. But actually, to be honest, I would in a certain circumstance be able to eat a pizza with pineapple on it if I was trying not to offend someone. Or even if you've taken off the pineapple and there's still kind of that juicy ugh, flavor of it, I could eat that. But if you give me something with raisins in, that's a no-go right there. That's the end. I will not eat something with raisins in. I'm passionate about hating raisins and the squishy fruit. I actually recorded two songs. One of them was the Squishy Fruit Conspiracy. And another one was called Sultanas to the tune of Snow's Informer. And so I literally recorded two songs about how passionate I am about hating raisins and so those are some of the key things i'm passionate about and some of them seem like really kind of worthy things and great things and some of them are just like slightly more bad more random things like board games and and raisins and another thing i'm passionate about is cricket and i'm a proteus supporter and so there there tends to be a lot of disappointment that you that you carry around when you are that but i'm very passionate about seeing us finally win our world cup we have the World T20 coming up now, and I'll say this ahead of time so these words can be used against me later, but I love, I love watching cricket. And so those are some of the things I'm passionate about. And I imagine that we would be able to find some area of resonance if we were stuck next to each other at a dinner party and we looked at each other and we said, hey, what are you passionate about? And maybe not all the things would line up, but I'm sure that we could find something that, that would. And so that leads me to ask this question to you. What are you passionate about? Give it a minute. And maybe you even want to hit pause and speak or, or write it out if you want to. Because how often do you get to think about that? Um, when do you get to sit down and go, oh, what am I passionate about? Let me write these things down. Let me reflect on these things. How would you answer this question? And don't you think, what are you passionate about? Is just such a much better question than what do you do? Although with a lot of people, you may find that the answer to both questions is the same because a lot of people are doing the stuff that they're passionate about. But asking it from the point of view of passion might unlock a whole different conversation. And if the person you are sitting with hates their job, then you freed them to lean into something that they actually love and have the chance to speak about that. And so I want you to take this question. I want you to use it. It is yours. It is my gift to you. Be on the lookout this week for someone you can engage with using that as the starting point. And in fact, why don't you right now, why don't you right now just hit pause on this podcast and send five WhatsApp messages to people you know, or maybe even people you don't know so well, and just say, hey, I'm, I'm interested. What, what is one thing that you're passionate about? 
maybe your best friends, maybe your family members. Just send five messages right now. Later on this week, if, if you're listening to this when, when it drops, we're going to have a Twitter of Spaces and we're going to continue this conversation. And I would love it if a bunch of people did this experiment and came into the room and just shared. How did that go? Maybe it goes badly. I imagine most of the time it's going to go really well and probably unlock conversations and unlock depth of conversations, maybe with people you knew or know or think you knew that, that you're going to find out stuff that you never knew. And maybe get a little bit creative with who you ask. Do you have somebody who comes to clean your house? What might they be passionate about? What about the guy who rings your doorbell and asks for a tin of food? Give him some food, but also find out what moves him. What about your physical neighbor or a work colleague? What if it was your grandparent or, or your parents? And, and I find that with, with older people that we often ignore them or silence their voices or push them to the side. And, and they love telling stories for the most part. And so if you went to an older person that you know, maybe somebody at church or a relative or, again, somebody you bump into at a place and just say to them, hey, I'd love to hear what you're passionate about. What is, what is something that you really love? What is, or even in the past, what is something that really made you come alive when you were my age? I imagine the, the kind of stories that would come out of that are, are going to be incredible. And you open up the potential for, for building relationship, for, for really getting to know people a little bit deeper. What about one of your children? Have you ever asked your children, what are you passionate about? So ask, 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 and then please come back and, and share some of these encounters with me, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in the spaces, uh, drop me a message. I want to hear how this goes for you. And so don't put this off. Do it right now. If you haven't already paused and done it, when this episode finishes, do it right now, because otherwise, you know, it's not going to happen. And so Tara J. Frank, stop confusing what you do with who you are. So those are just... Two of the so-called lying questions I used to face regularly and have found some ways to, to have so much more fun or significance with. But I imagine there are probably others and I'm wondering if any came to mind for you as you were listening to this. Are there any other questions that are, are just kind of tradition that we, we just slip in, not because we care about them, but because it's that place and this is kind of the place filler for that question. So who's fine is it anyway? is the question that we are looking at today. If you found this helpful, if you found this interesting to listen to, then I want to ask you to please share it with your people, send them a direct link, tag them in a, in a tweet, but invite other people to this conversation and maybe get their thoughts after it. Um, your friends, your family, maybe sit with other people and listen to this together and then sit afterwards and be able to share your passions with each other. And it's helpful when you're giving feedback to highlight a specific aspect that you enjoyed the most. And if you're not already following the show on the Twitter, make sure you search for at Fishbowl Codcast, and that's Codcast with a C. And I look forward to you tuning in again on Monday for the next episode of Out of the Fishbowl, which is titled An Existential Crisis. Thank you for listening. I'm Brett Fish. How are you? I hope it's not fine. Cheers. <laughs>